0: Everybody, my name is Stephen Coons, and I am the CEO and owner of Pursuit Health and Performance. And welcome to our podcast. I have a special guest again. Brooke is on with us. She was on previously where we talked about um, fear, making promises to yourself, keeping the promises, and how to build confidence. But today, we want to talk about you know a little bit about our journeys. Okay, I think we do work with people that are ex-athletes, and I'll I'll dive in what that means. I'm not talking about professional athletes. Um, although we have worked with some semi pro people, but it's more based on like, I would consider myself an athlete. I think Brooke would, um, I would at least for her. And it's like, what do you do after high school or even what do you do after college? And I think a lot of athletes find them themselves lost and they try to like usually go to CrossFit gym or something. They want the competitiveness and kind of what it's looked like. Um, some things we do now to keep ourselves motivated and we just want to really speak on that. So if you feel like that's you definitely listen to this episode, but if not, don't worry, because we're still going to give tangible tips to like stay motivated on your fitness journey, because that's really what I see with a lot of the ex athletes is they want something. So they might even join like an intramural sport or something like that. But for most of them, it's like, how do I keep the excitement I got from going to practice when I'm 32 years old? Right. Um, And that's kind of where I am in my life. So what's up, Brooke? (laughs) Hi. Right. Um, So I I want you to kind of talk about your journey and talk about like what it looked like for you growing up. Like, did you start in sports when you were like in diapers or what?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, basically, actually, my mom and dad were pretty into fitness themselves. Uh, My mom, she did like those little step aerobics in the house and we always saw her doing the workout videos and we did them with her. And then also my dad was in bodybuilding not exactly you know your healthy bodybuilder if you know what i mean but um just seeing it we came up with our own workout routines like as kids like we would write it down on a piece of paper and just be like we're gonna do like 30 you know wall sits i don't know whatever we would call it or like calf raises And it was just stupid stuff that we thought we were just you know matching their level of you know fitness
0: (laughs) right i yeah i kind of like grew up with that a little bit yeah like my my dad, it's funny. My mom was, She's like, athletic. I think she was on the swim team. She's actually a very good swimmer. You know, mm-hmm. she's in her, like, late 50s. My dad's about to be 60. And my dad is, like, he's not as athletic as me. Um, he was, yeah, I think he, like, wrestled for one year in high school. He wasn't a big sports player. But he, like, was on, like, did ultimate frisbees with his friends. And, like, oh. sprinting and jumping. Like, he has athleticism, you know. he's. Um, but I was definitely a little bit different because I have two older brothers. I'm the baby. And they're, mm-hmm. my, my oldest brother is like a he's like a coordination athlete he was in taekwondo he plays hacky sack Mm -hmm. like he's athletic but he's not a sports player how much older four five years okay um and then my middle brother is like not at all (laughs) so (laughs) i've kind of like that was like the athlete of the family but uh, i wasn't born out of the womb with abs and you've got you'll hear me talk about that too of like how i transformed in you know what i what i do now but i will say Super transparent that like I do have, you know, an advantage maybe over some people with having like parents that were kind of into fitness or like being born with just like some athletic ability like that. I do have that going for me. So some people, trainers are like, I built myself up from the bottom. And I was like, dude, you were playing t-ball when you were three. yeah Like, yeah. And you were in sports. Like that's different. I have clients that have never played a sport. There is a difference. Like when you train your body and your brain at that young age, you have an advantage, Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Yeah, exposure is everything, really, because the more you're exposed to when you're young, you're more comfortable trying also in school. So like sports, like we were always doing stuff like um, getting skates and having all the neighbor kids come and do hockey in the middle of the street. So when we got to school, we're like, oh, a team, that's normal. So, you know, like we were able to try those things comfortably.
0: Yeah. And I was I was born in 90. So uh, when I was a kid, it was definitely like running as hard as I could barefoot on the street, like. You know what I mean? And kids played in the cul-de-sac. What year were you born? 98. Oh, man. I know. <laughs> okay. So, like, kind of 90s. All right. So, a little younger. But I'm sure you still, like, played outside until mm-hmm. the streetlights came on. Like, it's still that era. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that, you know, versus now, kids definitely have a disadvantage. I see how active my son is. And some days, I just want to, like, kick him outside. I mean, I live in Arizona. So, it, it, for sure, it's actually really hard. Half the year, it's so hot out here. Mm-hmm. I feel bad. but um, <laughs> But he's pretty active. Well, so, so what's like the first sport you got into?
1: Uh, first sport I actually liked was basketball. But when I tried it in eighth grade, I was terrible. I couldn't dribble. I think I went the wrong way a couple times. And like I said, I was like going through confidence problems. So yeah. it was mainly just because my best friend was like, you won't do it. And I was like, sure, I will. Yeah. <laughs> but then I did it in high school. And actually, my little sister and I, we started playing at the rec center in the summer before I went to high school with grown adults. And that's how I got good was being or playing with people that were way better than me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Did you lie? I mean, like, were you somebody that would actually, like, go out and, like, play basketball yourself and shoot around? Like, were you, like, like being outside and athletic? Or was that not your forte? I think
1: I tried because my family was so good at it. But I wasn't. And I realized I was, it was weird for me. Because in eighth grade, and most eighth graders don't think about this, but I thought I was getting fat. and And I wanted to change. And I don't know if a lot of kids think like that, but I... Oh, yeah.
0: And that's, that's the age. I mean, that's where... I mean, g- girls are in puberty usually before that. Boys yeah. are starting to... My son's in seventh grade. He's like, Dad, I think I'm going through more puberty. Like, <laughs> you know? And so that's something that I think, yes, I, I think that's a normal thing. They might not say it. It's not like it would be in high school, but to have those thoughts... You know, that's when you start becoming very body conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: The thoughts, I feel like were normal for people, but to make action on those thoughts and change it at that age, like I, like I wanted to go on runs um, around our cul-de-sac. My mom wouldn't let us leave the neighborhood. So I was like, fine, I'll run around the cul-de-sac seven times until I make a mile or whatever, how yeah. long it took. And um, But yeah, doing stuff like that is actually what got me started in sports because I started losing fat and gaining muscle, and people would compliment me. And that's what gave me confidence to play basketball. And it was just a whole trickle effect,
0: really. <laughs> right. But it kind of, I mean, do you think there was a negative to that since it like backed up like, you know, I mean, obviously you're getting fit and stuff, but if you weren't fat and you thought you were fat, do you think that like doing the sports and like people complimenting you, you're like, I have to do this now. I always have to do this because this is like where my, was your confidence like laid on that? Like people noticing and...
1: I think it was a negative thing for me as a kid because I didn't get it. So when I finally got it, it was kind of negative. It was like, oh, look at me. Like I'm finally look good. So people look at me. But later on, it became like less. I didn't want people to look at me. I just loved myself more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It started out negative and then you learn the actual way of thinking for it.
0: Right. I don't think I became like body conscious until I was in maybe like freshman year um just because i had friends and like i don't know if you have high schoolers or listening to this or you remember high school but like when you're in like a early high school it's like six pack right Mm -hmm. it's like usually the really skinny kids that's kind of like middle school high school i was not like that i was a little muscly but like not i mean there's some like stacked high schoolers we're like dude like have you been lifting weights you're like no i don't do anything Mm -hmm. like crazy i was not like that okay i'm not a big dude i'm you know, 5'10", 175 pounds, even now I've been lifting, you know, and I don't aspire to be huge. Like I'm, I, I could get bigger, but I'm not a big guy. Okay. So for me, all my friends were really lean, really ripped. I never had one ab that showed. I wasn't chubby, I wasn't fat, but I was like, also not lean. Um, mm. so for me, it was like, I started noticing that. And like the girl's like, oh, he has better abs than you. Like, <laughs> you know, feeling bad. And I think like I was an athlete and that's you know, what got me into, um, to like lifting and stuff. But my, my thing was a little bit different. Like I, I played sports literally ever since I can remember my parents put me in it, but I was kind of naturally athletic. Like I remember my mom always tells me a story. <laughs> my brothers are older than me. Um, and my, I saw my brothers like riding with a training wheel and then my middle brother was like learning mm-hmm. and I'm like, I bet I could do it without it. So I like took my training wheels off <laughs> and she came home. And I was literally run like, as she pulled in, I was with no training wheels. I taught myself how to ride a bike. I ended up doing a bunny hop off the two steps and, like, landing oh, it. And my okay, mom, like, freaked out. So <laughs> I, like, you know, there's, I, so that's actually, I guess, one thing I feel like naturally talented. Because even when I went mountain biking with my friend, first time, like, crushed it. Uh, okay. Not that I'm, like, a pro. But I think, like, I had those athletic abilities. Yeah. and And so I was blessed with that. Um, but I actually wasn't, this is like kind of the curse I tell my son, (laughs) like I'm actually not that great at any sport. I'm just kind of good at all of them. Mm. Like I'm, I'm an all around athlete, but I was, excuse me, never good enough to like go to college. Even when I wrestled, I loved it. I was all right. I never went to state. I never, you know what I I was like, I was Mm -hmm. very athletic. I went wakeboarding, get up the first time, but I'm not like, you know, doing flips and tricks. So I have that athletic ability and I knew I'm like, well, weightlifting is not really like athletic. It's just about how hard you push yourself and the dedication and stuff. And I think when I came body conscious, I really only started working out in high school. I think like mm-hmm. freshman year, I joined like a weightlifting class. And that's kind of like how I got into it.
1: Yeah. Um, for weightlifting and stuff, I think it was more normal for guys in high school. Because yeah, yeah, for sure. They were like told to go Dude, there we had like two, for practice. Yeah, we had like
0: two girls in our <laughs> weightlifting class. And like they basically just, jacked around the whole time you know yeah. what I mean? like they're not into it the dudes are all like trying to get you know yeah. a pump and the athletes and stuff were in there because their coaches told them to take the weightlifting class like yeah it's at that age you don't see a lot of women mm-hmm. do it
1: yeah and then when you're in high school and you don't feel like going competitively to college you're kind of like half-assing it like both ways yeah. so yeah for me it wasn't until after high school actually that i started lifting and liking it yeah
0: <laughs> so. i got really and so i, I was in weight training Um, I think maybe not freshmen. I don't even know if they let you when you're Mm freshman. I don't remember, but like three or four years. So it was most of my high school. I did the same stuff though. And for me, I was in wrestling. Like basically that was mostly my sport. I did track too, but I like severely was like under eating my nutrition. You know, I didn't know what I knew now. I wish I did. Right. But I was severely under eating. You're always cutting when you're wrestling. So I was like strong and in shape, but Mm -hmm. I was not capitalizing on my athletic abilities. Um, So it was definitely hard for me to, like, make a lot of, like, gains in the gym, both strength, performance, because I wasn't recovering. I didn't really understand nutrition. I didn't understand recovery. I didn't understand all this. And, you know, they teach you proper form, but they don't teach you, like, Mm -hmm. anything about the body, like, personal training type stuff, which, yeah, I wish that they did. Maybe I'll end up, like, reforming. When did
1: you, like, finally learn about that then?
0: Yeah, so... I would say that I did a little bit of my own research. I started, I remember the first time I went to GNC, I worked at the movie theater and Mm -hmm. I had like a fat paycheck and I dropped like $250 and I got like protein and creatine. And And if if you're a guy listening to this, you know your first GNC trip, okay? Or your vitamin (laughs) shop trip. Dude, I got everything and dude's like, you're going to get jacked. And I was taking the, what was it like? Creatine, like 189. They're like these silver pills from (laughs) from freaking GNC. And the- uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way uh protein and their vitamin packs and uh dude i will say though like i is a little bit of placebo but my body probably was also like really malnourished just in the fact that i'm i was in high school i was eating like cereal and you know crappy stuff yeah. my parents my parents ate healthy i will say that we didn't eat out all the time like it wasn't terrible but they were not fitness people okay so they didn't understand not using oils and the things mm-hmm. i know now but I started, I remember I, I, am a late bloomer too, like legitimately I had like no armpit hair until I was like in, in, uh, maybe like 19 or 18. So yeah, like, and even like my, my facial hair, I'm about to be 32. I didn't actually get like side facial hair until a couple of years ago. So, and it was maybe a little bit embarrassing, but like, that's my body. So it's crazy because I didn't like fully go into my man body, even though I was strong and I was a pretty like performance athlete. But I didn't like drop into my like man, harder looking body until uh, my first year of college. And I was 18 and a half ish at that point. And I remember I was like, took a weightlifting class in college. What do you know? And I started to like get big. I was doing the same stuff and I was like, started to get, you know, solid. And I remember taking my first like selfies on my archaic <laughs> phone. Uh, and it was like, dude, like mm-hmm. I, I actually loved like, like a chest and and noticed it. But I didn't really understand nutrition until probably 25, mm-hmm.
1: 24.
0: I had to ask a lot of people in the gym. I had to do a lot of my own research. I had to go to a lot of GNCs as the, like, you know what I mean? And ask around and read articles. Like a lot of it was self-taught. And then I think a lot of the stuff I know now is just from being in the industry for so long. And
1: like trial and error of your own A body. lot
0: of trial and error. And that's like the biggest thing I tell people about coaching Um Like, you know, with, with, because we get a lot of like ex-athletes, right? Um, And if you're not an athlete, it's okay though, because why I'm telling you this is I try, okay, I've been lifting for 15 to 16 years. Basically, I've never taken more than a week off that I can remember unless I was sick. Okay. So very, very consistent for a very long time. Um, So for me, you know, like it's a lot of trial and error. A lot of, I've, I've had bad injuries, like really bad injuries that put me out. I've had little tweaks. I've had to try different programs. I've had times where I did the same program for like three and a half, four years because I didn't know. Um, and you actually, you'd be surprised. A lot of people I talk to, they're like 30 and they're like, I've been doing the same program since high school.
1: And I don't know why I'm not changing. Yeah. And then they're I like, am. my body's,
0: you know, I'm not, it, yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation. But that's, but that's the thing is you shouldn't have to do all this trial and error I mean, even if you kind of had a good understanding of it, um, get it, Get somebody that can help you so you don't have to do that because time's the most finite resource, right? Like we don't have that much of it. And so instead of like trying to find a program that could work for you over three year span, you could do it in literally three months with the right coach. So that's, I mean, that's a huge difference. And that's if you don't give up over those three years. And that's usually what I see is people that, you know. They're like, Oh, I'm gonna try and after something doesn't work or you gotta change it, or it was working perfect, and then this happened, you know, mm-hmm. life happens and then they end up giving up. But I don't wanna deter too far away from it. But yeah, a lot of it was uh a lot of trial and error, especially with nutrition.
1: <laughs> um, did you do you have like um a- like, do you think it's bad that people kind of get their inspiration or motivation from a negative experience in life? Because I feel like most of my transformational like moments were like, I don't want to feel like that anymore. No,
0: So there's a, like in the entrepreneur world, people will say, mm-hmm. do you, do you hate to lose or do you love to win? Wh- which one are you? And you have to pick one. Mm-hmm. And so most people are hate to lose people, right? Because fear and anger are the strongest emotions right? Like think about the last fight you're in with a spouse, if you're in a relationship or if you've ever been in one and you said a lot of stuff you shouldn't have, and you were like seeing red and then 55 seconds later, you're like, I love you so much. I'm so sorry. It's dude, when you're angry, what do you think people like murder people? That's pretty serious, right? So fear and anger are huge. And when you're in that moment, when you have those negative memories, it's not necessarily like just fear, just anger. It's just like in that realm. And I do think it can be a great thing as long as you don't bathe in it. You're not, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, I never want to feel like this way again. So the thing too is that's why like people that win the lottery, Mm -hmm. they'll say like they lose the money because they don't know how to use it. And they've never had that, but like be super poor and get rich. You'll never be poor because you're like, I freaking know that I had no money. I never am going to feel like that again. Hell no. For me, as when I got out of the military, I had no money. I was literally would have mental breakdowns, crying in a ball on the floor, like $300 in my account. I was a single parent with my son, just dating my now wife, like no money. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't making a lot of money in the military, but I was stable. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like training on the side. Like it sucked. I had a credit card with like $3,000 on it. That was like max out. I never thought mm-hmm. I was going to like get out of any financial situation. So now I'm like, I will never be back there. I, will, I don't give a shit. I don't care how much I have to work. I will not sleep. I will work every day. That was the worst feeling. I will never let it happen again. So yes, I think it can be positive. However, I don't have like anxiety about it. I don't have like PTSD. I'm just like, no, never again, ever. You
1: right.
0: know. So I think it does cultivate change. And this is something that's huge. So listen to this. You will not change if it's not painful enough. In order to actually cultivate real big change, it has to hurt or else why would you? You don't want to change when you're comfortable. You don't want to get out of bed when it's warm. Like you only change when it sucks. And so if you're not changing, it doesn't suck bad enough. And this is the this is like a dichotomy right here. A lot of people say, "Well, I do want to lose weight and I haven't made the, I haven't lost weight, I haven't made the change." Well, then it's not painful enough. Yes it is. It's so painful. Mm-hmm. Well, you did two things. It either really isn't painful enough or you've convinced yourself that it's not painful enough when it is, right? Like I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. You're no, you're not, right? And that's kind of like the whole like don't lie to yourself thing. But most people's like it's not painful enough. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It sucks so bad. I hate being overweight, or I hate blah blah, blah or I hate this relationship. This relationship's so toxic it needs to be more painful. If it's painful enough, you will pull the thorn out of your side. Mm-hmm. Nobody is. Most people, right? Just ninety nine point nine percent of people are not going to sit in utter desperation pain and do nothing about it right Right. so sometimes you actually have to get yourself painful look at alcoholism people that are alcoholics usually have to do some terrible crap to change they really they like accidentally not accidentally but like they beat their spouse they got in a, a, a DUI they got in a car wreck and they go that's it Right, there's like this huge, dramatic, painful experience. Mm-hmm. Or how many times have you said, "I'm never drinking again" after you got super sick and super shit faced? Right. So, I think the painful experiences, like, are actually really important. It's it's really hard to change and keep the change when it wasn't painful because you could change, but how long are you going to keep it for? Okay. And if and I don't think if you experience the painful thing, then it's not going to. And that's why
1: I have a hard time telling you, like, I couldn't train people because unless you have that connection with yourself where you just hate this so much about yourself that you're ready to change, like, that's the part where I kind of disconnect from people. But you already have your own kind of thinking of that. And I'll say,
0: too, like, uh, the whole, like, self-love thing, it is hard. And that's a dichotomy, too, because, Mm -hmm. like, you should love yourself. But if you say that I hate the way you are, that's okay. Now, hate's a strong word. Okay, you could say dislike. If And I'm not going to say you should, because I don't know where you are. But if you say, I, I dislike it, and then people go, you should love yourself where you are. That's complete BS. Mm-hmm. Who are they to tell you that? Well, they shouldn't feel bad about themselves. Yes, you should, if you should, right? Like if you're doing bad things, if you are lying to yourself, if you're not keeping promises, if you're overeating and being a glutton, if you're not going to the gym and and or taking care of your body, if you were to... Uh, n- n- emotionally neglect your kid, and people were to be like, and you feel like a bad parent, and you were to state that, and people would people be like, don't say that about yourself. You're a really good parent. You're like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm literally never. You know what I mean? Like, that's the same thing. It's just you know, I think we have this this industry that's like wants to coddle you, and I, I hate to say it, and Brooks that you know is very truthful with this is like, you kind of have to not like yourself where you are, and it's it doesn't mean you're you know, hating yourself and you're beating up and saying in the mirror, I look fat and I'm disgusting. It's just like enough to make a change. Cause if you're like, and that's what happens. Do you see the people? How do you gain a hundred pounds? It's by being like, "Ah, oh, that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's not that bad. Every 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Right. If you would have just been like, Oh, this is, this is disgusting. Or this is bad. I got to do something. You would do it. And I know this. And you say, how does this guy know? He's never been overweight. I've helped hundreds and hundreds of clients, obese, morbidly obese. I get on calls all day long with people that have 10, 20, 30, all the way up to hundred pounds more to lose. I've been doing this a long time and I know the mindset. I have check-ins every single week with my clients. I have a lot of experience. Okay. So I totally understand it. And I never tell my clients to hate themselves. I never tell them that. But I, but I challenge them to think about why aren't you doing this? What do you think would make a difference? What do you think it would take to have you track your food every day if you're missing it? What do you, I mean, like, what is missing? Well, I don't know, probably this. And then we ask another hard question and another hard question and we dig and get to the root of the problem. But yeah, I think, you know, it, it can be hard to relate, but you, you should, (laughs) you should not like where you are if you actually don't want to be there. Like, that's the thing. Do you want to be, do you like the body you have? Is that your ultimate body? doesn't mean you have to, uh, starve yourself and work out every day to get there. But having an end goal is great because if you if you have no goals, you die. And I mean like from the inside, because you stop growing as soon as you stop learning. And you know, like you know, you have to always be trying to achieve something. Like if I had no goals in the gym, I would be very inconsistent. It would be extremely boring. I would not go, right? And that's why you see those people that have no financial goals or no aspirations. And, you know, we see commercials and, and movies and we, and we laugh and they're in the cubicle on and they kill themselves. It's, it's not just because of their job, they just have no aspirations. They're living right. to live. They're not living to like achieve anything.
1: Right. Living to pay the bills, living to get by, but don't have any actual fulfillment desires. Yeah.
0: With and I think like as athletes too, if you're listening to this and you are an athlete, you know that you, even if you haven't played sports for 10 years, if you've been played sports for 20 years, you probably have some type of like intrinsic motivation, probably more than other people. And if you're not, it doesn't mean if you're not an athlete, it doesn't mean you can't find that. And I always tell people look in all areas of your life, right? Look in your finances, look at your family, look at your relationships, look at your work, look at other areas. Which one do you feel like you're doing the best in, right? Or which one do you feel like you're crushing? That's even better, right? That's more positive. And then be like, okay, what, why, what are the things I do in those areas that make me excited? Like, why am I so good in that area? And, uh, and then you can kind of use that to, I feel like help yourself a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm. And then like when you're trying to transition from doing athletics to just making it an everyday habit, it's, it's a little bit more tricky because you're holding yourself accountable now. It's not a team thing so when oh, you're, that's hard yeah so like your teammates will all be like oh you're slacking that's why you didn't make like that that shot at the game the other night you didn't practice hard enough and oh, yeah, that might be true but if it's just you in the gym like oh i didn't pick up that weight. oh it's just because i'm not strong enough yet <laughs> like yeah. no it's because i didn't want to do it i didn't want to fail at lifting that weight <laughs> right
0: and i think i see a lot of athletes that like ex-athletes that they, lo- they lose their way because they don't have the competition there. Mm-hmm. They don't have a structure anymore, but they crave it because it's awesome. And guess what? That's like what we do with coaching with Pursuit. You have a plan. You know exactly what to do. That's why we call ourselves coaches. We're coaching you, guided education. So we're coaching you. We're telling you what to do. And then it's like, hey, go do it. So just, just like you you go to practice and you're not running the practice. Your coach is like, do the drill, You know, blow the whistle, mm-hmm. do this. And you're like, this is awesome because I just go and I do it. And I, when I leave, I feel good. Yes, that's right. the same thing we do right now. Hey, go do this, go eat these things, go, here's the structure, and they go do it, and then they feel accomplished because as a coach, I task them, they completed. I task them, they completed. And each time they do that, they're building momentum. And even though it's not like a sport, that's my sport now. Like my wife always, like behind me, I have a pretty sick garage gym, and she's like, you spend so much time in there. I'm like, dude, that is my time, and I love it. But I will say that even once in a while, I crave going to like a group fitness class or having our, my head coach Mike program me. I'm like, hey, dude, I give me something different, right? I can't mm-hmm. just keep doing it on my own. But I always have to have something to work towards. And I have and it's hard being a coach because I'm having to keep all these individuals accountable. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's my job. I freaking love what I do, but it is hard because I'm like, who, who's my coach? And so sometimes I do have accountability partners, you know, whether it's me having Brooke be an accountability partner or somebody and like having that person there that can coach you is huge. Like I did it through business, um, did it through other, other avenues, but Mm -hmm. I need that. Like I need that structure. And so if you feel like you need structure, I'd get a coach. It's I'm serious. I'm not saying that just like with us, don't even sign up with us. Go get a coach though. Because if, let me ask you this, have you ever had a coach or a trainer or somebody for an entire year? Every day. Have you had that? If no, it's a different experience because you, you you will just create momentum. Let me ask you this. Have you ever stayed consistent with a workout program for a year? Probably not, right? Most people know. What would it be like? What do you think you would look like? What do you think you would feel like physically and emotionally? What kind of confidence do you think you would have? Probably very good on all of them. And so that's the thing is like, you need something to, to work towards. And if you don't know because you don't know and you didn't go to school for exercise science and get certifications and whatever, not a big deal. It's not your fault. You just need to find somebody that does it and it will make you excited about your fitness journey because that's what I see. I see people, The, the you want to know what the epidemic is? People are not excited about fitness. And you might be like, dude, it sucks. I'm tired. I'm blah, blah, blah. Don't worry though because if, if working out if working out just was hard, I would never do it. There's a there's insane benefits, and if you're like, I don't care, like if I'm healthier, like you probably want to just look good naked. Totally understand. But guess what? I feel amazing after. Good, I'm working out mentally and mm-hmm. physically. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like a million bucks. Like literally the best crack dr- free drug ever. Mm-hmm. Like literally. And so yeah. for me, that's what I mm-hmm. seek. I seek that more than my body looking good. And so for me. That's like the biggest reward ever, dude. It's awesome. And if I can have fun doing it and it's not going to harm me, like, and there's no negative side effects. There's actually only positive side effects. Bring it on, man. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, come on, dude, you're as an adult. Like what else? (laughs) What I'm I'm being honest with you. What else are you going to do? Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, okay, even if I go mountain biking, even if I do this, at what point am I going to, I'm going to like you, I'm going to work out and then I'm going to watch two hours of netflix instead of three you know like that's i don't do a lot and if you have kids like you're probably not out all the time and so to me it's kind of my little like there's just a hobby honestly
1: yeah i i do agree with you on the the way it makes you feel other than obviously how you look like the whole running challenge i've been doing is like trying to run at least 20 minutes for three to four times a week and then the stairmaster 30 minutes on the weekends. Okay. But the purpose of that is because I'm taking on so many new challenges all the time with video and, and photography that it just gives my brain that second to kind of like restart, you know, and it rejuvenates it and I'm ready for the day. Yeah.
0: Oh dude. And, and I, I, am not even, I don't want to dive into this too much, but I will just say this one thing. Cause I'll go on a tangent. Um, if you feel like really tired and burnout and you feel like you have no energy to work out, that's when you should work out. <laughs>
1: Yep. It mm-hmm. literally.
0: I know it sounds weird, but it will give you a second win. Yesterday, I, or not yesterday, the day before, I felt like garbage. I didn't get my workout. I had way too much caffeine at the coffee shop. I was like, literally, like, bzz, like overstimulated, yeah. and I felt like, oh, dude, I went over the edge. My CNS is burned out. Like, I just felt crappy all day, and I'm like, dude, did not feel like working out. And just if you don't know, I don't like to work out past noon. Like, it, I'm, I'm more of like a mid morning person. Uh, I don't like my PM workouts. I got a workout at five and my headache went away. I felt way better. I literally felt like hungover. I felt like crap. And then I worked out and I was like, just reset everything. And it wasn't like super high intensity. I just went in there and lifted and like got my blood flowing and it just like recharged me. So that's definitely a benefit if you have like kids and
1: Mm -hmm. kind of
0: crazy. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, if if, if you're an athlete, just to wrap up our points, guys, if you used to play sports, Um, I, we just kind of want to tell you a little bit about, about us, but like if you used to play sports and you feel like you've kind of have got to the point where you're like, man, I, I miss like how I enjoyed playing the sport and I used to think it was fun and I was in really good shape. Yeah. Because when fitness is kind of fun or you can look forward to it, it's great. Why do you think people love CrossFit? I'm going to tell you why. People love CrossFit, not because it's just the best thing in the world, but the community is insane. Yeah. They're supportive. (laughs) You're getting PRs. They're cheering for you. It's adult athletics. That's what it is. (laughs) Legit. It's it's sports all (laughs) over again when you're an adult. And I'm not like a huge CrossFit fan myself, but that's awesome. That's really hard to beat that culture and the vibe and the energy. And that's why CrossFit freaking took over the world for 10 years. Because of that, it wasn't just because people were getting super shredded, because if you look at a lot of them, not just the pros, there's better ways to look good, mm-hmm. 100%. I'm living proof of it. I know friends that are in CrossFit that are way more performance than me, I look better than them. So, I, you know, and I have clients that I coach that are do CrossFit, I look better than them. They maybe are better at CrossFit than me. So, you know, it's not bad, but like that is the thing. So I would suggest you guys find something that kind of like lights your passion again, and the cool thing about what we do at Pursuit is we'd create custom workouts. So if you're like, I want something that's like gonna get me shredded, but I kind of is like a CrossFit mix, like I like that high intensity, but I want my workout to be whatever, whatever they are, we customize them, we can do it all. So I think like I have a client right now that is an ex-athlete, uh, he likes to get his ass beat. Like I give him these really hard like nine or 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 workouts. He freaking loves it. He's shredded now. Um, but he's a, he's an athlete. He likes to get pushed hard and he's dialed in and he is crushing it and he's excited. And he just had, he's a pharmaceutical rep. He just had twin babies. You know what I mean? So like his gym times, like his escape, you know, but he craves it. He used to be on a program that was like boring for him. And he was kind of not overweight, but like pretty chubby. And he's like, dude, this isn't like me. Like this isn't like the me. And I'm like, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) That comp- that
1: competition yeah. part. I was like, yeah. he's like, I need it.
0: And I, you know, I'm, you know, I don't really have anything to look forward to. And guess what? He played like intramural sports and all that too. Um, because he craved it, but like his program now just like works better. And for him, he, he was playing basketball yet at ACL tear. Mm. Um, so like he now he's kind of sketched out about it, but he can lift. And so, I mean, you, you guys probably just need a program and something like that. So you have anything else to add?
1: Um no, I just think, uh, it's just, if you haven't done it before, get some training. If that's something that, um, you're struggling with is finding like somebody to support you and get you uh, motivated again, excited about lifting, you know, be,
0: be, be excited. It will be a, a game changer. And if you never have, like, even if you're in pretty good shape and you're like, I go, but like you know, and it, but it's like really boring and it's something you dread. That's, that's a huge barrier for you to like end up at one point being really inconsistent because you're like, I don't like it anyways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying you got to love every second about your program, but I change mine phases up like every four to six weeks. So I'm always like excited. And that's actually the number one thing I hear on my check-ins is people that are like, I can't wait for the next phase. Yeah, I can't, you know, you're like looking forward to Mm -hmm. it. I'm like, Fitness just became something you're looking forward to. Did you ever think you'd say that? They're like, mm-hmm. nope. And I'm like, there you go. And if, if it's kind of exciting, don't you think you could keep it up for one year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years? That's how you're in the best shape possible. It's not just getting in shape. That's not always the hardest part. It's keeping in shape because I guarantee you've lost five pounds, 10 pounds. You've gained some muscle before probably. You probably just don't have the results anymore, which proves that keeping it is really the challenge. And if it's boring, you're not going to keep it. So if you're an ex-athlete, you know what to do, get on a program, that's fun. Um, So I appreciate you guys listening in and tuning in. I know this episode was a little bit longer, um, but I really appreciate it. My biggest ask for you before you go is that you share this podcast. You can also leave it a five-star review if you feel like it was worth it, if Brooke was good enough for you guys, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But we really appreciate it and uh, sharing it on social is huge too. Podcasts grow by word of mouth and we don't run ads. So that would mean the world to us. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time.